Welcome to another edition of Talk Your Exposure. This is season one, episode 13. I'm alongside the homie, Devontae Campbell. What's going on, man? Good to be here. Another episode. <laughs> Let's get it rocking. Let's this guy changed rocking. up his answer. You changed up your answer, huh? Okay, okay. I feel you. I feel you. We got a special guest with us today in the building. We got a <laughs> former Division One athlete, former OUA or CIS or whatever the hell they are, athlete. Uh, former pro as well, Cassidy Ryan. What's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on tonight. Hey, thanks for coming on. It's good to have you in the building. All right, Cass. Now, we have more of a little personal relationship. I know we used to play basketball together back and oh, forth. Yeah. But what I like to do is have some quick hitters real quick. Get the mind flowing a little bit. So I'm going to hit you with some stuff. You got about six seconds to answer each question, all right? All right. Start off nice and slow. Nothing too much. Shoe deals, Puma, Under Armour. Puma. Okay, headband, arm sleeve. What you wearing in the game? Arm sleeve. Arm sleeve? All right, I got you. That's what I thought. Okay. That, that's, because, that, that's because he has a full tat, a full, uh, full uh, sleeve, a full tattoo no, sleeve. Honestly, it's because my hair is crazy. So, like, when I put a, a headband on, I look crazy. I don't like okay. it. Okay. Um, damn. Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry. Fred. For, that's two for Fred now, one for Kyle. I'm, I'm like very surprised. Well, he's a nice guy, like even off the court and on the court, he's nice. Okay. Let's switch it up here a little bit. Jay-Z, Kanye. Jay-Z, I don't mm. like Kanye. You don't like you don't like Ye. Okay. I like Ye. I like Ye. But um I was still picking up. about him recently, actually. Say that again. A little suspect rumors about uh Kanye. suspect. A little, little suspect rumors. Um, Rihanna, Beyonce. 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 You're, you're Queen B. You're part of the Beehive. She's beautiful. Rihanna's sexy. I'm taking beautiful every time. <laughs> sorry. Hey, I respect that. All right, Trey Young. Um, sorry, Trey Young. Wow. Okay, let's go PG, Jason Tatum. 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 Why? He, he resembles Kobe. He likes Kobe. Kobe was my favorite player growing up, so same kind of game stuff. Okay, Porzingis Drummond. Oh, oh damn! I think Porzingis. You think Porzingis? Yeah. Okay. He had a great good start last night. night, so we'll see. He had a good game last night. He had a good game last night. Okay. Harden, Harden Durant. Obviously Durant, but I actually love Harden because he's a lefty, and you know we're lefties, so. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I you think KD is way better than him. I'm taking KD every time. You're taking KD. There's seven seconds left on the shot clock. You passing the ball to KD. Yeah, because Harden might do something stupid, man. Okay. Fair. 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 Last question. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. To be honest, I don't know a damn thing about the two of them. So, it's up in the air. I don't know. Do I even, no, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll be nah. back around. We'll be back around. Nah. I, 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 I want to get to know. Since since uh, Devontae brought up uh, KD and James Harden, what's your opinion on the trade? What's your thought on the trade? Honestly, it's insane. No one can play with Brooklyn now. They got who's their who's their starting point guard though? Oh, Kyrie. He, he's who's missing. Their, he's, he's MIA. Okay, okay, but he comes. So he's their starting PG. Got James Harden at the two. Who's their three? KD. Joe, Har Joe Harris. Okay, so you got Harris. You can shoot the ball. Then you have KD, and then their starting center is nice too. DeAndre Jordan, yeah, that's. Bro, 
But they have no bench anymore, though. That's the issue. I don't care. It's the NBA. They'll develop a bench. Do you see James Harden's belly? Oh, my God. Are you they have no cardio in the NBA. It's guaranteed fact. So, so are you are you projecting on this podcast right now that the Brooklyn Nets are winning the championship? No, LA Lakers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because you're a Kobe fan. Well, not even that, man. Anthony Davis is the best center, and they have LeBron James still, and they have a bench, and they're deep. I'll don't decide though. I actually picked the Lakers to win this year. I'm not a LeBron fan at all. I actually hate LeBron. I'm the biggest LeBron hater of all time. But I've actually picked LeBron. I'm going to tell you why the Lakers are going to win this year. I'll tell you why. Kobe sprinkled a little bit of dust on top of it again. And they're, 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 about, to, they're about to repeat the back-to-back. And they're going to actually – I project they're going to beat Boston in the finals because of they're going to have another Kobe legacy. I like Boston in the finals, but I don't know, man. They just need a little bit more experience, in my opinion. Boston? Yeah, they got to lose one more time. Get fed up one more time. Then next year. be done, bro. I think Brooklyn, you give them two years, they're going to be in the finals every year. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I want to jump right into this uh, right, right into this story about how you and I met. Oh, God. Ta- yes, sir. Devontae does not know how we met. But but uh, I want to talk about – you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. You want me to start it? I want you to tell it. All right. I love yours, how you and I met. Here's your university, all right? I'm getting on the Greyhound bus downtown Toronto. And this white guy sitting next to me. <laughs> do not speak the entire bus ride, okay? We get to the border, we get off, passport, get back in the seat. We're just sitting there. I look at him, he's looking at me. Look at his backpack. Oh, he plays basketball. I'm like, Yo, where are you going? He goes, uh, James, James Madison? Jamestown, Jamestown. Jamestown, Jamestown. Jamestown. Going to Jamestown, like. You play ball there? He goes, yeah, where are you going? I'm like, just, I'm getting off at the next stop. I'm going to Canadian. this. <laughs> yeah, you play ball? You're from Toronto? I'm like, yeah, you play ball? You're from Toronto? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, damn, what the hell? And then we just met like that. It was actually so random because we didn't speak the whole ride. The right. whole ride. The whole ride. And what's crazy about that, too, is that, like, like this is what Cass and I spoke about uh, yesterday. It's crazy because we've never met in Canada. Exactly. We've yeah. never met in Canada, right? So it's like, Bro, how the hell do you live so close to me? It, well, Mississauga, Vaughn, whatever. But like, you live close to me. But yet, even though you're you're you're, four, I think it was three years younger than me. You're 95, right? Yeah. Even though you're three years younger than me, I've never seen you play before. I don't know who you are. It's weird because the basketball community is so tight in the city. It is, yeah. Everyone knows everybody, so Crazy. I'm very surprised as well. Crazy. So I actually want to want to touch up on that too. Canadian basketball. Thoughts on Canadian basketball right now with with NBA Division One? Any thoughts you have? It's insane, man. Honestly, like, well, we're the number two leading country that produces NBA players now, after the U.S. Obviously, um, it's just insane that like everyone who comes out of Canada now who's making it to that next level is putting up numbers. Like everyone's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see the game grow more within Canada. Um, but I don't think it will until our government and people look around that who control all the money in universities want to accept the fact that it takes a lot of money to build a program. Agreed. Um, but I think it would be nice because, man, I've experienced both sides, like playing in the U.S. and then playing at home. Playing at home was a ton of fun. Like, my friends got to come watch me play. Luckily, I went to a very good basketball school here, um, and our fan support was probably the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like the basketball here in Canada, like man, we I remember we played Vanderbilt. We went on a trip to uh, the Virgin Islands. We played Vanderbilt, 
And like we only lost by like four points. They had a draft pick that year. Um, like the basketball is very comparable, unless you're at the top, top, like the high, high level D1s like Duke and Kentucky. Like, man, the basketball is very similar. The only difference I really think is the size. Mm-hmm. Size from one to five over there is bigger than our size, one to five. For sure. But I think Canadians, because of the style we play, that we play the FIBA rules, um, one, we're definitely way better shooters, 100%. Our three-point line was way further. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just read the game so much better, which I think translates a lot better for guys who go overseas. Because the game overseas compared to uh, CIS – was much more comparable than playing the D1 level. Fair enough, fair enough. I want to talk uh, – did you, did you get a chance to – you, met, you mentioned Duke. Did you get a chance to watch Duke when they were in Canada? No. So I was, I was running my mouth to our director, our athletic director, about trying to get a game against them. Mm-hmm. So we were trying so hard. That was the year our coach actually had left. So we didn't really have a position of a coach in the building at the time. But I was like, me and like another player were up in their office like, man, why aren't you getting us this game? Like if UFT can play them, like we should be allowed to like, play these yeah. guys. Facts. And we have an arena right downtown. Like I'm like, dude, we will make so much money on this one game. It will cover the rest of our year. Yeah. But no, nah, it didn't end up working out. But I was really, I was honestly disappointed that I didn't get to play them. That, so what, that um, for me personally, most people know I'm actually a diehard Duke fan. Um, a little bit of backstory behind it. To be honest with you, Christian Lehner hit the game when he shot. My mom went into labor right afterwards. So uh, I, I'm if I was if I wasn't Jewish, my name was going to be Christian. So when, when they came to Canada, I was like, damn, I want to go watch them. I want to go watch them. I want because they're not going to come back here again. The only reason why they came is because of RJ. Yeah, hundred percent. So. so to have that experience here in Toronto in itself and and Canada for for that for that aspect and see Coach K like. Again, I didn't get to see him, but, like, the idea of Coach K being in Canada. Yeah. You know how fucking dope that is? No. <laughs> you know how fucking dope that is? backyard, man. They played down the street in Mississauga. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's dive into your high school career. High school basketball. You oh, went God. to, I think it was Mount Caramel or something like that? Caramel, yeah. M- M- yes, yes. Mr. Peel, was it? Mr. Peel basketball for two years or something, something like that? Yeah, so I think it was 2012 and 2013. Okay, okay. Talk to us a little bit about your grade 9 to grade 12 basketball career and, and you know, the, the – the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just talk to us about what you were able to experience from grade 9 to grade 12 and how you were able to achieve what you wanted to achieve and, and get to that next level. So it was weird. So going in grade 9, I emailed the head coach of my school. I was like, hey, I want to play senior right away. I don't want to play junior. So he goes, are you crazy? I'm like, let me come out for a child. If I make it, I'll make it. Next thing you know, I'm starting. So fuck on the court but when you're in grade nine you don't realize how much younger you are compared to a guy in grade 12 like physically you mature so much mm-hmm. i remember i was playing against campion Devonte knows campion of course uh, a guy named tyshawn carter yeah. yeah so you know him yeah so uh first of all he's a specimen of a human being okay so <laughs> guy in grade 12 looks like superman and i'm this little skinny ginger kid on the court okay this man laid an elbow in my chest and I never drove again for the rest of my career. <laughs> and again, I swear to God. Um, fast forward to grade 11. I actually left that summer. So I went to Lalamere in Indiana mm-hmm. for literally like, might have been 60 days. I hated it. I hated everything about it. I already had D1 offers. So I was like, honestly, man, I'd rather just finish high school at home. I told my coach, like some emergency happened at home. I packed a bag, like dipped, like on the next flight home. <laughs> when I, landed, I called my guy home. I said, I ain't coming back. I'm staying home. 
So Damn. looking back at it, very unprofessional move, very immature move on my part. Um, I was a little homesick, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but no, it was good. I went to Carmel. We actually ended up winning Peel that year. We went to Offsa. We had the hardest route in Offsa. We played Eastern Commerce, gave them oh. their closest game of the tournament. Then we played Vaughn right after. Also gave them their closest game of the tournament. And those two ended up in the finals. So I don't know. It wasn't really fair because we're from Peel. No one really respects us. Mm-hmm. Monte, no one respects Peel. <laughs> I don't know about that. And now, now, nowadays, you know, there's a discussion going around who has the best basketball players. And I, I think Peel might be top of the conversation. Peel might be top of the conversation. So, be honest with you, Peel might be the best. It, it, it's starting to reverse now. It's yeah. Yeah, and then grade 12, it was just like my final. Like, I had already signed uh, to Canisius, so it was more just have fun, try to try to win Offsa if we could get there. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, high school was a good time for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, my game didn't really progress much then. My game most likely progressed the most from my second year of university going into Brock. That's where my okay. game finished. Okay, okay. Who other than other than Tyshawn, what were you able to learn as a grade nine freshman playing on the senior basketball team? What was I able to learn? Uh, it was weird because my team, my high school is a very good football high school. Mm-hmm. So it was me as a basketball player and the rest of the team was all football players. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot of toughness because football players, them just being naturally strong and like their their grit. Um, I learned a lot of that especially as a grade nine on a senior team, you have to have some grit because you're going to be probably weaker than most people on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also learned how to follow instructions. My coach was super serious on listening and executing plays. And that definitely stuck with me because like the further you go down the road in basketball, especially at the higher levels, learning how to follow and execute a play is probably one of the most important things you can do. You can be the most athletic guy on the court, the best ball handler, but if you can't follow X's and O's when your coach is telling you to do something, you're going to be sitting next to him. And I promise and, every player that if you can't listen, you will sit. And, and you know what? I actually want you to touch up on that a little bit more because I feel like in, in this day in particular, I don't think that many people really understand the importance of X's and O's. Like, I feel like a lot of people, when they get out of high school, they don't play university or college basketball because of that reason. Man. You see it a lot. Like, there's guys who play OCAA, for example, right? Uh, college basketball in Canada. Unreal athletes. Um, maybe they're not the best shooter, but they're extremely good basketball players. And a lot of the reason why that they're there is because they can't follow X's and O's. Like, I have had guys on my, like, university teams before. Unreal. You put them in an open run setting, the best player in the run. Like, this guy's unreal. But you put them in a game when there's set rules where you want to follow and the coach wants you to execute they don't even touch the court and then you're sitting there thinking as a player like coach why am I not playing why am I not playing they get mad in the locker room and they become almost like a cancer on the team um but it's simply because they don't have the the capacity to listen and learn and then putting that out into execution which is honestly a very tough thing yeah a lot especially as a freshman there's a lot to absorb, like the, all these plays and these guys who played here before you, they already understand it all. So everything comes at you so quickly. Um, it just takes a lot of reps and learning and asking questions and stuff. For sure, for sure. So who was your toughest check when you were in high school? Toughest check to either check to you and that you had to guard as well? Oh, God. Mm. Thinking back to high school. Uh, 
So, sorry to put some retro on you, but you know, I got to make you think that, a little bit. That's tough. Honestly, saying, okay, I'll go peel first. Like guys who I play against all the time, probably uh, Paul Watson. He's uh, He went to Gates. Okay. Uh, so he's good friends with one of my family members, actually, Michael, um, who's now an agent, actually. Um, but yeah, Paul, honestly, just because he's, he's closer to my size and height, um, super athletic player, and he's tough to guard because he plays like a guard, right? So I thought, are, are you talking about Paul Watson on the Raptors? Oh, 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 no, 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 no. He goes, he plays for Cape Breton. Okay, yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah, yeah. So, Paul, he's a very good player. Um, and then outside of Peel, probably someone on Vaughn, man, Vaughn or uh, Eastern Commerce. I forget. Honestly, I don't remember their names, to be honest with you. But there was a guy in Eastern. This guy was so strong, bro. And, like, I don't know. He's just a grinder, and I hate he's that. A, like, he was a big? He's a big on Eastern, yeah. I, forget it. I think he's a dread, too. He had dreads. But, yo, honestly, if you have dreads, you're automatically stronger, I'm convinced. <laughs> and, and then guys who just are so strong, and, like, they might not be good at basketball, but they're just so strong – Cheese me the most because I just do dumb things to you on the court that you don't expect and it hurts and it just makes you tired and annoyed. Mm. Great, great 12 year, your final year. Yeah. You have, you, obviously, you, we, all, we all know you went to university. Talk to us about your recruitment process. It was very strange, actually. Um, so, Kanisha's wasn't like my, where my mind was at first. Um, but it happened very weirdly because um, the coach at Kanish at the time, the assistant coach, he was a very close affiliate with my, my program I was with, CIA Bounce, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Minaga. So he was really on me. Like, since I was, like, in grade 11, he's like, hey, like, you should really consider this school. It's close to home. Like, he knew my situation at Lalamere, so he thought that me staying close to home was a big importance to me. Um, so he's like, yeah, like, it's just right over the border. So he was really heavy on recruiting me. I went for my trip. It was really fun. Um, so I was like, honestly, like, it's a good school too. Like for me, education was a big thing. I never like, thought I was going to be in the NBA or anything. Like, I mean, I just knew that. Um, so getting my education was important. So I was like, all right, it's a good school. It has my program. Like, all right, I'll try it out, whatever. Um, so I went there. So that summer, he got a job opportunity to work at Oregon. So then he left, which really sucked. Cause then I was like, man, like, I don't want to, in the U S man, the culture recruits you is the one who's pushing for you to get on the court. So I knew that him being gone kind of hurt my chances of playing. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like up in the air and uh, my parents were like, just stick it out. Like, you'll be fine. Like, you're a good player. Like, just do it. Mm-hmm. So I stuck it out. And then I knew some Canadians who were, were coming there. So Jamal Reynolds also came that year. Um, we ended up living <laughs> together. He was a senior though. So he was like, you'll just stay. Like, you'll have a good time. Like, you'll learn a lot. And then, yeah, so I stayed and that's that. I know you mentioned another school to me yesterday. You want to touch upon that one a little bit too? Well, Brock? UNLV. UNLV? I didn't talk about UNLV. UCLA maybe? Oh, you're thinking Vanderbilt. There you go. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So I played, so I told you, we played against Vanderbilt um, in Virgin Islands it was. Um, I don't know what happened. I couldn't miss. I like, I think it's because the three-point line is so close, the U.S. one. Was, it is. It's mad close, especially when you've been playing CIS for a couple of years. Bro, mm-hmm. I was yanking these things. And first, they, yeah. had a, they had a big on me who was sitting back a lot because I would take him off the dribble if he got close. So I started yanking these trees. And all these trees are going in. I'm going crazy. I'm like, what the hell? Like a mad <laughs> He's yanking these things. And coach, their coach is going crazy. 
anyways, game's done. I had like, I think I had 30. Another guy on my team had like 28, another big actually, because he plays like a guard. So we're all at the same resort. So the coach comes out to me, he goes, hey, like, where are you from? And I said, Mississauga. And the first thing he brought up was uh, Simi. So he recruit. He was trying to recruit Simi at that time, and I was like, "Oh, like I know him and his brother pretty well." He goes, "Yo, man, is there anything like that I should know? Like, how can I get him to come here?" And I was like, "Honestly, man, I know you're like in his top five, so like you have a good shot. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Help you out." But he's like, "You had a really good game today. Like, I think you should come for the your last year." And I was like, "Damn, like playing the SEC, that'd be dope." But then I was like, honestly, like, I love everything about Brock. I'm telling you, that school was amazing. It was amazing for me, basketball-wise and off the court. So I was like, man, like, I would love to, but I'm gonna, not going to come, obviously. Looking back, if I did go and say he, he put me in a, a serious role, like a starting role, which I think I would have because I was a senior, um, it could have changed my outlook on basketball and where I am now. Just because, like, I know a guy like Cassius Robertson, for example, transferred yeah. to the SEC in his last year. Got very, very good numbers. He did his thing, and now he's playing the best league outside of the NBA. Mm-hmm. As I like, went to best friends, I talk to him, like, every day. So, like, he's doing a really good thing out there. Um, but everything happens for a reason. So, I'm glad I went to Brock, and everything was smooth from there. Well, we're going to get back on your, on your Brock career in a little bit. But I want to talk about the moment you stepped onto Canisius. Okay. I, wanted, I want you to talk about when you finally realized, shit, I'm a Division One athlete. It was a it was an interesting experience. The school's very small. It's like a high school size school. It's a private university. Um, honestly, the moment I knew I was a D1 athlete is when I went into the locker room. Man, it's like <laughs> Christmas. Devante knows you. You get bare free stuff. You walk yeah. in, like four pairs of shoes, all these sweaters, all this gear. I didn't even like half of it. I was giving it all to my homies at home. They're like, here's some gear. That was like that, and yo, we had this one fridge in our locker room, unlimited Gatorade and unlimited muscle milk. And like, you could just, I was stacking these things in my bag like I was gonna go broke, like I couldn't afford the next drink. That was the moment where I was like, I'm a D1 athlete, this is amazing, everything's free. But you're young, like, I don't know, you think free stuff at that point is super cool. So, what were the girls like? <laughs> we know you're, we, we know you're a ladies' man, so what were the girls hey, like over there? I'm hey, Canisius wasn't bad, Canisius wasn't bad. From what I've seen, cool man. I had a I had a lady friend at the time going to Canisius. We uh we were dating at the time, so I was very very good boy at Canisius. Um, and honestly, I wasn't missing out on anything. Anyways, the girl I was with was better, and the girls at Canisius were they were good. Like there, I made a lot of good friends at Canisius. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I think if I went to UB, it would have been a different story. University mm-hmm. of Buffalo. My one really? of my played soccer there. And I know, and I know for a fact, there's a lot of females there, being a big school, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Training camp. I'll try. Well, yes. I, I want to know this. I want to know all, all about the Division One training camps because we, we ask all the Division One athletes that, that come on the show about their training camp stuff. We've got some good, some good answers. We've got some, some, ones, some responses exactly like you, you're about to give when you're like, oh, God, because people don't really want to remember it. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Talk to us about it. Was it was it difficult for you, or was it were you prepared for it? You want to know the truth? My training camp coming to Canada was harder. Okay, um, but the D one one is. I think the D one one is easier because there's rules around practice. You can only be in the gym with your athletes in the summer for a certain amount of time. There can only be a certain amount of you guys in the gym. Um, I think you only get like I think it's what two hours a week with your coach, right? 
Yeah, it's in the summer, especially they condense it a lot. Yeah, so you only have you already know you're going in like they would break it up every day, so you get like thirty minutes one day, thirty minutes the next day, then a day off, and you get thirty. Like thirty minutes is a long time. Mm-hmm. You go for thirty minutes, whatever. Let me tell you, come to Canada, three hours every <laughs> day, mm-hmm. it, you know, ran into the floor. I got mm-hmm. when I came home from the U.S., I was fat, like not fat, but like. The way my body looked compared then to my first three weeks at university in Canada, oh my God, the way I was in shape was insane. Yeah. So the training camp wasn't that bad. And like lifting, I love to lift. Like even now, I still, I love to lift now. So like I enjoy going to the weight room. Um, there were guys on our team who hated it and they, they were fearful of going to the weight room during training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like training camp. It kind of gives you like a two week time. Usually it's around two weeks. I'm just like lock in, like go as hard as possible. It's almost like a test. Like it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm kind of crazy. So like I like pushing myself to a limit where I don't know if I'm going to survive. Even if I go work out, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kill myself today. And I'm mm-hmm. moving every camp you can. Like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of weird. I get off on that. So for me, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy something that's difficult. To each their own, man. To each their own. To each their own, man. Yeah. I'm not going to, no, no judgment zone over here, man. No judgment yeah. zone over here. So, you're at Canisius, you're getting ready for training camp, you finish training camp, your first game. I know obviously you, you didn't get the minutes that you fully wanted the first year, but talk to us about your first game, your, your emotions. I got a great story. So I'm my Love point to hear guard, it. We had a point guard who flew in from Poland. So he was my roommate. We're both freshmen, okay? These guys from Europe are different, bro. We're about to leave our dorm to go to the gym to get ready for the game, okay? He goes, Cass, Cass, wait, wait. I'm like, what? He goes, vodka, vodka. I'm like, what? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, slaps me in the chest. He goes, bro, it's your first game. You're scared, huh? You have, you have some fear? I'm like, I'm a little nervous. He goes, me too. Vodka. Grabs the bottle. I said, I'm like, this guy's crazy. This guy's insane. Takes a sip. He goes, now you. Puts it in my chest. Hits me. I'm like, damn, all right, shit. You do it, I'll do it. Like, we're only going to play five minutes, ten minutes tops. Take a shot. I'm like, all right, let's go. He goes, one more. Vodka. Oh, no, no. I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, man. All right. Take it. We both take it. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So we're walking to the gym, okay? He goes, you feel good? I'm like, yeah, I feel great. Like, not drunk, obviously, but, like, you feel a little loose. He goes, good. Now time for a beer. Gives me a beer. I said, bro, like, are you good? Let me tell you, this guy started that night. Yo, the way he was coming down the court, no looks behind the back. <laughs> so I, I get into the game. I look at him. He goes, it gives me a wink. He goes, <laughs> I walk up to him. I'm like, are you good? He goes, I'm playing all right, whatever. He, he played a lot of minutes because our point guard got hurt. We both are having a good game. Halftime comes. He goes, how you feeling? I'm like, I feel great. He goes, no, you didn't. I, I did. Bro, no word of a lie. I'll get back to this again and when we start talking about my future. So we go to halftime. He goes, in Europe, vodka's the answer before every game. <laughs> Shit, you're right, bro. Whatever you say, I'm going to listen to. But yeah, that was my first game, man. It was it was a weird experience. Obviously, I was nervous. The gym was full. Um, I think the little buzz might have helped a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had nothing to lose. I knew I was going to play a lot. It worked, honestly. I felt good. 
to all the wow. youth that are, that are listening to this one that are under 19 years old, do not drink vodka before a game. Yeah, I'm not nah, do it. any of that. Do not do that. I'm just giving you the real story about my first game. I love the authentic, the authentic. Wow, I can't even get the word out right now. I love the organic response you, that you've made because that was actually very funny. I was laughing a lot. Um, who do you guys play against? When I was out there, my first game? Yeah. Oh, God. Who did we play against? I don't know. I just know it was an ex- obviously it was an exhibition game. Oh my gosh! I honestly couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. It might have been it might have been UB, um, just because it'd be a non-conference game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, either UB or like maybe like Mercyhurst or something. I okay. Thinking okay. back, this is like seven years ago now. Okay, Mercyhurst is the college. Did you JUCO? Is it Mercyhurst the JUCO? No, they're uh, they're D one school. They're mid mid major for basketball at least. I'm pretty we, sure. We we played a team called I think it was Mercer's Junior College or something like that when when I was at school as well. Anyways, whatever. Um, so you play against Mercer's or UB or whatever it was one of those non conference schools for your first game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, down the line, you didn't get the minutes that you exactly wanted to get your your, yeah. your freshman year. How did you stay locked in? How did you stay tuned in? And how were you able to to be like you know and just keep yourself motivated and no vodka. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the vodka was a one-time deal for me. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, it was tough, honestly. Like, you don't think about it as a freshman that there's like a big learning curve and a big size advantage and all this stuff. So as a freshman, it was tough. I was down on myself a lot. There's a lot of times where I wanted to leave. Um, but really, it was just like my friends, and my family. Like, man, you came all this way, like to get here. Like, why would you just stop now? Like, just get through the first year. Everyone has a tough first year, like, unless you're an NBA draft pick the next year. Like, not many freshmen get to play. Like, I was one of the only freshmen who got to play. There's two of us who got to play out of, like, four. Mm-hmm. Or there's four guys who were redshirted in my fr- rookie year, so I wasn't even one of them. So my friends like, just look at that. Like, these guys are redshirted, and you're at least on the court for a little bit of the game. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, it was that. Um, and going into my second year, I did play a lot more in my second year, granted. Like, I did play a lot more. Um, but, yeah, it was just – just getting through first year was tough. Like, just got to make sure, like I said earlier, learning X's and O's. Like, I wasn't good with the plays in my first year. Um, so that might have been a big issue with my coach, obviously. Um, but, yeah, just, just keep grinding and pushing. And then eventually your time will come. Did you do anything to, like, to, to be more inclined with the, with the plays? How do you learn the plays more? Do you watch more film and stuff? Or do you just have a lot of, a lot of conversation with your coaches? Uh, a little bit of both. Like, he... He asked me if like, I want to come watch film, come watch film. But I was outside of his damn door every morning. Because I wanted to play. I was really pissed off that I wasn't playing. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was waiting for him to pull up in his car before practice. Like, I'm like, yo, show me the damn plays. Like, I want to learn this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be that. And then, like, after practice, I'd, like, ask some of the other guys to stay, like, from the other positions just so we could run through it. Like, all freshmen, like, we all stayed to learn. Mm-hmm. So it was just really just staying in the gym and just reps. Everything's reps in any sport, in any job, like, the better you get at something is the more time you put in. Was it was it a culture shock for you when you weren't able to play coming from, you know, being a high school basketball player that played damn near 32 minutes a game, come, you know, going to a university that now you're playing a lot less minutes than that? Yeah, not – I don't know. Like, I was definitely shocked. Like, I thought going in, like, oh, I'm going to be the man, like, this and that. Like, it's, it was weird for me because I had friends like Wiggins, for example, went to a school and he was the man. I was like, damn, like, I played with this guy. Like, he's, gonna, uh, he's the man. I'm going to be the man. Dylan Brooks, he was the man. He's got, he was the man of Oregon. I was like, damn, like, I'm going to be like that. 
sometimes, man, sometimes you're just not the right fit at the right time. So like I went in, like I was expecting something, which you shouldn't be expecting anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing is given to you like at that level, like you do have to earn everything. Um, Yeah, it was tough at first. And then I kind of settled in. Like at least I had some Canadians there, like Jamal and Cassius to really, like we were living together in my second year. So those guys are really just like mentoring me and saying like, yo, just like, just listen and learn and you'll be on the right path. So having guys who were older than me helped me out a lot. Yeah. What was Cash's, Cash's work ethic like? Cause we all, we all know the player he has right now, but what was his work ethic like? Cause I, cause I remember him when he was, when he was at Vaughn in uh, grade 11, I think it was. He didn't touch the court. He didn't touch the court. He didn't touch the court. And then, and then now we know we we know his story. Now he's playing uh, playing overseas at one of the best conferences and 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 getting paid a good amount of money. So, what was his work ethic like? To to you know, because like I said, being a guy from grade eleven that didn't get the plays, now you're playing Division One. Yeah, it was it was insane because I remember playing against him at off. So, well, playing against his team, he was on the bench. So I was like, who is this kid? Whatever. And the next thing you know, fast forward, we're at the same university together. He's getting good minutes. He's playing well. Um, his senior year comes. He's exploded into the best player, one of the best players in the whole conference. He goes to his grad year, transfers to Missouri, does his thing again. And honestly, it's because of the amount of reps this guy does and the level he does it at is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never met a guy who goes so friggin' hard, man, and so precise, like, we both played River Lions together the first season of CBL. So I, I was only there to practice. I was just there, like, get reps in, get ready to go overseas. He was on the team. He didn't really play, though, because he was kind of worried about getting injured for his next contract because he was going to make more money than CBL would offer. Um, but the way this guy would train, bro, we'd be shooting. First of all, he's one of the best shooters I've ever seen in my life. He missed Damn. one shot. And, like, man, we He's like, I got to restart. I got to fucking restart. Wow. Damn, bro. I'm like, you're good. Like, just keep going. <laughs> now we're playing one-on-one, and this guy would just be going nonstop so hard. Um, the one thing I did learn about him, though, is he likes to add something new every – it seems like every season. Like, he changes something in his game to get better. Mm-hmm. And, like, for all the young players who are, who are going to listen to this, like, add to your game and expand because that's the only way you – can progress and continue to get better and better. If you do the same thing every single day, nothing changes. You're the same player as you were yesterday. But, yeah, he's a guy who, like, mind you, he's one of my good friends. So, like, I, I am going to support him. But he he works harder than anybody else in the gym because he was never supposed to be this big-time basketball player. His coaches at Vaughn didn't like to play him. He's a smaller frame guy. But, man, he goes so hard. And he's it's his actions speak louder than any words, man. He's playing the ACB, and he's killing it. So His, his story kind of reminds me a little bit of Marcus Carr. You know, just how they've been, they've been looked over. They haven't really been, you know, the, the, always the top of the top or ranked, whatever the case was, and continue to shine every year. Like, when yeah. I see Cassius play at Pink City, and I, we had Dwayne on the show, and he, t- he talked about Marcus Carr a little bit. Yeah, so, like, you know, we, we had Dwayne on the show, and, you know, we, we, were, just, we were talking about Marcus Carr. And I really feel like no matter what, those guys come, come back every single year better. And I know, obviously, I'm watching them at Pink City and I'm watching them, you know, on TV and stuff like that. But to see the progress of, of just the two of them, they literally remind me and resemble each other. Do you, do you think the same way, too? Is that a good comparison? Yeah, guy, man, it's always those guys who progress the most because they always have a chip on their shoulder. Guys who are promised all this stuff, they don't work that hard. And, they, mm-hmm. and always working hard will get you further in the long run. Most definitely. Most definitely. Sure, for sure.
So we transition now. You you go you go to Brock after after not playing so much at um, Kenichi your first year, playing yeah. more your second year. Now you go to Brock. Yeah. Uh, walk us through that 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 progression and walk us through the process of of getting to Brock. Uh, it was a weird year. So my the very start of my second year, it was the day before we were supposed to fly out before our first game. Actually, um, my dad passes away. So my dad was. <clears throat> living with my mom taking care of her so my mom was already pretty sick um so he was like her main care provider or whatever so day before we fly out to new york city my dad passed away so i'm like damn like this kind of like really messed with me for the whole season because i wanted to be closer to my mom just in case i could be there to see her when i can and i also wanted her to be able to see some games so i get in contact with some coaches i mean i wasn't fully happy in my situation at Kenisha's either so I get in contact with all these coaches, <clears throat> and then I hit up Brock, Charles Kissy, the head coach at the time there. And honestly, man, the way he broke things down to me was crazy. He took me out for dinner, whatever. He, he actually first came to see me at Canisius, okay? So I'd take him out to dinner with my swipe card. I was getting free stuff, so I was like, I'll get you <laughs> I get him from dinner in the, in the calf, <laughs> real cute. Um, things go well. He's like, listen, like, I really want you, but we don't need you. Like, we'll be fine with or without you, but you'll be a big piece for our school. I was like, damn, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, want me. But, like, it gave me, like, a fire inside. It was weird. I was like, yo, I want to go there. Like, the way he presented himself and the way he presented the school was done in such a good job, and it made me want to play for him. Um, and then getting there my first year, like, it, unreal, man. The whole – the training – the living situation, like he had, he was very well connected in the city in St. Catharines. Um, so he got us a lot of perks. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was just a great situation. It was honestly like being a D1 athlete again. So mm. it was good. So obviously no change over there, but the only thing that really changed is now you are a starter. You play a lot more minutes. You're, you're becoming, you know, the, the, the quote unquote man of the team, the, what, you, what you envisioned when you first went to Canisius. Yeah. Talk to us about your mental state at that point. Honestly, it was a good situation for me. Like, but let me like break it down. So that was the first year without my dad. So I was like, still trying to build up the confidence. Like I was really like in a dark place mentally. It never shows like I'm a very outgoing person and stuff. So personally for me getting in that situation, I made so many good friends with my teammates and it just built me up so much more as a person. And then Kissy, he really instilled a lot in me and he put a lot of trust into me, which helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of just put the ball in my hand. There was like three main guys on the team at the time, and he pretty much just gave us the keys, man. He let us ride. It was crazy. It was a, it was an unreal experience. We had a young point guard, Tyler Brown, who's unreal player. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just insane. I loved it. You played with Janelle Simpson, right? So he was one of the the, the big three, whatever they freaking wanted to call us. They were always putting posters and stuff of us three. Which there should have been honestly more posters of a lot of other guys on our team. Because our team was – we were probably the deepest team in the CIS. I'll put that on God. I think we were the deepest. <laughs> so. That's what's up. That's what's up. I actually played with Janiel, uh for one year. Well, not even a full year. But he played me on, B, on BJC. Or is he your oh. age? Is he your age or a year younger? He's a year younger. He's nine, 93. Okay. He's 93. He might even be a 94. I don't even know, but I no, know he's he... 93. I know because he's two years older than me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do you even see Janiel in himself too? When he when he played with me, he was like five seven, five eight, five nine. Bro, the guy's yeah. like six six now, or six five, or six five. I don't know. He's tall as shit now. Okay. So so how is it? What is it like? You know, now that you 
playing alongside somebody who's about your height, playing someone that's, that's you know, at the skill level, quote-unquote, big three, based on what Brock is trying to promote. Yeah, yeah. What is it like now finally being like, you're the man, but you have supporting pieces around you that are able to really keen in on, on your, you know, on your game? Honestly, it was amazing. It was good because we were all a different position. So there's never one of us fighting, oh, give me the ball. I want the ball. Don't give it to him. <clears throat> we were all very different in our attributes. Mm-hmm. So it made things flow very well. Um, at first, it was we had to click and figure out who shoots the ball when. Because Granted, we took 80% of the shots between the three mm-hmm. of us. Um, but it was trying to figure out when is the right time for each one of us to shoot. And that's what our coach really had to work on, getting us on the same page. Um, but, yeah, like Joe Neal. Amazing shooter. The man could shoot the lights out of the ball. The other guy we played with, his name is Daniel Gotti. He played in Germany mm. last year. I know Daniel. Yeah, so great. Man, the man is naturally so gifted. The longest arms ever. Like, he could rebound. Like, I honestly, at Brock my first year, I didn't even look to go rebound. I'd hit my guy, and I'd be out. I'm, I'm going. Because I know he's getting <laughs> rebound. Fair so, enough. like, we were very different in our skill sets, which made the, the transition pretty easy for us. That's what's up. That's what's up. Your, your first year there, obviously you guys didn't have the result that you wanted. Why, why, why was that? And how was that on you mentally? You know, obviously you, you had to overcome not just, you know, you had to overcome a death in your family, uh, but now you had to overcome a loss. Going in there with a different mindset of basketball, that was one thing keeping you sane and keeping you going. How was that for you, for your, for your mental over there? And can, can you run us through the, what you were, what you were, if that motivated you more? For the following year. Yeah, it was weird. Okay, so my first year, we had a – honestly, I didn't even think properly. We had, like, six guys that were, like, main guys. We had another guy, Ryan Bennett, for example, who was, like, okay, unreal basketball player. Um, so we went to the bronze medal game that year at uh, OUAs. Historically, the past, like, 10 years before that, if you won the bronze medal game, you were going to nationals. It was, like, almost a guarantee in the books. Our mm-hmm. coach preached it to us all year. He's like, you just got to win one game. Either you go – win the semifinal game, make it to the gold medal game, you're guaranteed going to nationals. Or you win the bronze medal game and you're going to nationals. So we lost the semis um, to, to uh, I think it was Carlton. We lost to Carlton. Of course. Everyone does. Yeah, I, I don't like those guys. <laughs> um, so we play Ottawa, on Ottawa, like in Ottawa. So we're like, they're a great team this year. Like they were projected to be in the finals against Carlton. So we're like, damn, like we're gonna we're gonna have a tough game. Like we're in their home city, like whatever. Yo, we are balling out this game, okay? Ended up winning the game. We're celebrating that night in Ottawa, like we're going to nationals to the kids, your muffs. We partied that night. I'm out, be a hundred with you. We had a great time. We partied vodka. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We were like, yo, we got our ticket, we're going to nationals. The next day on our bus ride home. Like, word gets broken out. We're not going to nationals. The team from Canada West is going. Made no sense. Like, all of us were, like, crushed. Like, honestly, the, the like, Ryan Bennett and another guy named Trevor Thompson, they are both seniors at the time. And, like, I felt so bad for them because, like, they really wanted to go to nationals. Um, and I we all thought we deserved to go. So, it was honestly a heartbreaking end of the season for us. Um, but then the next year, we ended up going to nationals. So, That's what's up. That's what's up. Your head coach leaves. In comes Muddy and Omde. Oh, you know them. 
Of course I know them. Pro Ball <laughs> Fit. Of course. Um, uh, Muddy, Muddy was training Sukpreet and, and uh, Roshane at, at uh, Dufferin Clark one time. I, I met him from Sai. You know, Sai Sai knows it. Yeah. He, 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 I think he recruited Sai at Queens. Okay. So so he recruited Sai, uh, Roshane. Those guys go to Queens. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Honestly, it was cool. Muddy, was, Muddy and Andre, great coaches. I love those guys. Um, it was a weird change for our team, though, losing our coach. Because it was weird for me, too, because I had the option to leave. With Kissy there, he's like, yo, come back one more season. I was like, man, like, I want to just go pro now. Like, I only need two credits to graduate. So I was going to do a summer course. So he convinced me to stay. He's like, come back one more season. We'll have a good season. Mm-hmm. All right, one more time. I'm down. Like, I'm having fun here. I'll stay. Midway through the summer, so I don't sign up for these summer courses. He calls me. He goes, I got to talk to you. I'm like, all right, what's up? He goes, I want to know what you would do. He's like, if you got a job opportunity to go play in the NBA, would you take it? I'm like, what kind of question is that? Obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me guess. You got a coaching option to go work in the NBA or the G League. He goes, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, so I put this on anyone else. Like, this is your future. Like, you do what's best for you and your family. I'm like, yeah. take the opportunity. If that's what your goals are, then do it. Mm-hmm. so he just wanted to ask me because he kind of convinced me to stay but I told him straight up I was like listen I'd be selfish in that situation too I'm taking the opportunity if I got a job opportunity to make x amount of money and it's more than what I'm already making I'm probably gonna take it yeah for well, sure he left uh Muddy came in Amjay came in and they were great they they really gave me the keys me and Joe Neal were the only two guys left at the time like our the one guy Danny had left he built the offense really around us. Um, it was my best shooting year. I shot the ball the best that year. Um, Three-point percentage went up. Everything went up. But we also got a different offense than what we ran with Kissy. Um, our team was much different as well. Like, the, the way we played was very different. What was the offense like? Uh, a lot of shooting. Kissy didn't like us to shoot as much. <clears throat> Amde Mari lived... He loved it. Jonio loves shooting the ball. So he, he was shooting the ball. Um, but it was great. Like, honestly, when someone gives you the keys to the team, it's fun. Like, you have a long leash. Like, you can mess up a lot more than other guys can. Uh, so I was grateful for that. Um, but, yeah, it was fun playing for those guys. You know, from experience from Amde and stuff, Amde is, Amde is a phenomenal trainer. I've actually trained with him myself. Um, what was it like, you know, I'm not too 100% sure what your former coach was like in terms of training and, and skill development and stuff, but what was it like for you getting into, you know, now having a skill development coach by your side almost all the time and kind of feeling like you're not really, but like a little bit in the NBA? So with Amde? Yeah. It was good. I mean, they changed the way we practice. So a lot of our stuff would be, we go through all of our stuff. And then the second half practice was, get your reps in like we shot a ton we had like a shooting chart we had to do so shit i was always in the top three i would ne- if i lost in the shooting chart i'm cheese i'm coming back i'm challenging guy number one it's pretty much the way it worked is if you're the top you play the guy above you and then every other day a flip-flop so they have a lucky ch- lefty lucky lefty reps buddy <laughs> yeah we did a lot a lot of skills and stuff like they were big on getting the reps in um at a different pace, so like when I was with Kissy, like with Kissy, I was probably in the best shape of my life, cardio wise. Mm-hmm. He would run you until you couldn't breathe, um, which instilled like a 
like a honestly like a grit in us like our team defensively was we were the best in the OUA defensively other than Carlton it was like us two tied defensively mm -hmm. um Amde and Muddy were more an offensive based team where you get your reps in you got to be able to shoot the ball hit all your shots um so it was good it was a good balance like I learned a lot from both of them mm -hmm. um so it was nice Talk about Carlton, man. I, 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 I want you to give us why they're – tell us why they were so good. You know, obviously they won, what, like 14 national championships or something like that in a row. Like Dave Smart, they're saying, is, is going to go down to one of the best coaches in, in, in Canadian basketball history. Um, of you know, basketball history. Of all basketball history, I've been – I stand corrected. Um, one, one, of, one, of, one of my good friends, uh, Troy, Troy um, who – yeah, so so Troy was telling me that he played over there, and one of the things that he did all the time was just it was just crazy. Like you talked about the three-hour practice in the summertime, and you know different things of that nature. What made Carlton so good for their in-game adjustments? Because not all the time their first they didn't play a good first half majority of the games. Yeah, I think they are so well coached, and they listen. Mm -hmm. They'll never beat themselves. A lot of teams. Us is a great example. We'll do stupid things and make stupid turnovers that cost you points in the long run. Mm -hmm. Carlton, you have to play straight up D on them because if you make a mistake, they're going to capitalize on it 90% of the time. And that's why they were so good mm -hmm. that they never would do anything on their end to cost them a game. <clears throat> so it made you have to be super disciplined when you play them. You take a bad shot, you're gonna, they're going to hit a good shot on the next end. For they sure. never, ever went off a script. Like, it was crazy. And as a basketball player, it's tough, man. Like, when you're in the – like, when you're playing well, like, you want to go a little one-on-one, -on -one, do your thing, right? But they were just so well-coached, and they knew their role. They really, really knew their role. Because, honestly, I'd say you put all those guys in open gym, they're not all going to be the best player in the open run. Yeah. But you put them in a structure with the way Dave Smart ran that thing, oh, my God. Crazy. It's Honestly, watching them play is like watch, they're like watching the Spurs play back in the day. Like just so smart, like they never mess up, and that's so hard to do. So they mastered that. They mastered how not to mess up. I was talking to uh, Tavon Coco, who played on Laurier. I think it was was Laurier. Laurier. Yeah. Laurier, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I was talking to Coco when, when you know a while back ago, and he was telling me first half he's killing them, destroying them. Like they're up, they're up like fifteen or ten or something like that. He had like thirty in the first half. That was like me. Every time we play them, I play well, but they don't care. They'll let one guy go off, and then they'll just shut down your whole team. And then that's exactly what happened with Coco. He's like, yeah, he's killing them. He had like 30 in the first half, and then boom, second half, double double teams came. He couldn't even get a single shot up. He's, he said he had zero points that second half. Is that is that really – like, is their defense really that good, or is it really just like they're locked into detail that, like, that much? Defensively, they're on real team. Their rotations are so – fast and they're always correct that you make one penetration and then the coach says yo don't let him do that again or be there and they're mm. all there crazy but like the way you have to like skip the ball if they don't want a player to have the ball in the hands they'll get it out of his hands pretty quick and they also had like three-time defensive player of the year like marcus anderson from brampton okay so like, if they need they to lock someone down they just tell him to guard him I don't even think Marcus cared about scoring the damn basketball. This guy would just sit in your pockets all game and try to steal the ball from him. That you man, had Marcus was uh, unbelievable defender. The moment you get the ball in, he's right there in your face. Shout it's all game. It's all game for that guy. Luckily, yeah. I'm I'm big. He never guarded me, thank God, because I would mm -hmm. just me. 
But yeah, like, I felt sorry for a lot of scoring guards who would have to go see him every night and be like, fuck, are this guy's guarding me tonight? Like, this is going to suck. And the crazy thing was, if it wasn't him, it would be Troy. And, yeah. and when, when Troy's in shape, Troy, in my, in my mind, is probably one of the best defenders I've ever, I've ever seen, to be honest yeah. with you. I remember he played for balance. He played for St. David with me. I've known Troy for a long time, and he's always known as the guy to be the best defender on the court. But don't, but don't let him, don't sleep on him though. He has a ratchet though. He has a ratchet. You can shoot though. You can shoot that ball. Carlton, bro, all they do is shoot the damn ball. <laughs> but defensive drills, and he says, "Go shoot, go shoot." That's it. That's all they do. Right, right. So you finish off. You finish off university. Talk to us about just just the transition of now. You finished university. You're done. You're done being a student. Now you're going to be, you know, what are your, what's your thought process? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish after university? So it was weird. So, man, I signed a lot of places before I ended up going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I signed originally in uh, Lithuania. Okay. So we fly to Shanghai for a preseason tournament. Fly there, we're playing in Shanghai. It was dope. One of our games, uh, LeBron's kid and Dwayne Wade's kid were there. They were playing a tournament. So they are playing before us. So the gym is packed, like 15,000 people. Man, Wait, Le Le LeBron, LeBron and Wade, oh, for uh, for the Olympics? No, no, no. Their kids were there. Sierra Canyon. Oh, kids were there. Okay. Over there. Pardon? Okay. Yeah, so Pardon. they were there. Dwayne Wade was actually there because he was he sounded like Li Ning or something, some Chinese company. Okay. Dwayne Wade's in the stands, crazy game. So, man, they have security. Crazy, like 50 people security with these guys. Anyways. Mm. Go to Shanghai, play. I play well. So I come back home before I fly to Lithuania to go play there. Okay. My agent calls me and goes, yo, like the coach, he wants a big. I'm like, yeah, we already spoke about this. He's like, yeah, like he wants you to play like, the four, the five. And I'm like, I told him no. Like that's not going to help me progress as a player because I'm only 6'6". Six, six. Like I'm not playing the center or the power four position in a professional right. thing. Right. Coach asked me in one of our games. I said, no, I'm not playing that position. I'm like, get another guy. You have money, pay for a guy to do that. You're paying me to do a job, and I want to progress. I'm not staying here for another year. I'm staying here one year, and I'm moving up. That's my goal. Yeah. So they couldn't get another guy, so I told them I'm not playing that position. So I left. I, like, canceled my contract pretty much. My agent pretty much told me to do that. He's like, it's not a good look for you. So then – uh the edge, they hit me up. So I was okay. like, man, I, do, I want to stay in Canada. And everyone I talked to played in Canada. Like, honestly, if you're going to stay in Canada, playing for the edge is the best organization here. Like, they have the most money, the best fans. You have a good experience. That's CBL, no? Uh, NBL. NBL, NBL. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, like, fine. Because it was getting late, like, because I can't not gone with my contract. Um, so I was like, fine, I'll play NBL. Then... Like, two days before I'm supposed to fly out to St. John's, uh, Mishak Bufil hits me up. So he's playing Romania, First League Romania. <clears throat> he goes, yo, come to our team. I'm like, what? He goes, yo, our coach loves your game. You're going to be the man. You're going to get 40 minutes a game. Come. I said, shit, I'm going to come. <laughs> I didn't want to be stuck in Canada as my first year. I wanted Canada to be, like, a last resort. But if I could get overseas into a European market, that was my goal. Yeah. I said, all right. He's like, yo, Mambi's coming too. I'm like, Mambi Diawara? I'm like, damn, that's three Canadians on the same team? That never happens. Doesn't ever. So I'm like, all right, dope. Like, I'm here. So I fly out to Romania. Oh, my gosh. I land. I have like a four-hour drive. My city was so far north, bro, on these windy roads. Get to Romania. I'm like, yo, where the hell am I? Like, I am in 
the most random church town, like super small town. All they care about is God, basketball, and hockey. So there's a hockey team in our city and our basketball team. So I met a bunch of the hockey players. They're also Canadian. So like, luckily we all lived in the same hotel. So like, we all became like friends, like me, Meshach and Mombi all lived on the same floor. So it was pretty so, dope. So, so, so pretty much you were in Canada again. Yeah, it was dope. It was like Canada and Romania. So yeah, that's so dope, that's dope. it was, it was, a, I got lucky my first year. Um, yeah, it was just a weird situation. So we we're playing. My first game there, mommy hasn't shown up yet. His flight's delayed or whatever. <clears throat> so they've lost like six games in a row. Mm-hmm. So I get there, have a good game. We win that game against one of the best teams in our division. So our coach is all excited. He's like, yes, let's go. Like, we got someone to help us now. Meshach's like, thank God you came. Because like, we're losing. <laughs> it's stressful to lose, man. Like, <clears throat> mommy comes. We lose a couple games. Coach and Mommy weren't vibing really well. Some of the guys weren't vibing with Mommy really well. <clears throat> I love Mommy. I think his game is unbelievable. Super talented player. Um, won a few more games, doing well. We played against another Canadian who's out there, um, Johanny Dallenbear. Mm, no. He played for Niagara River Lions anyways. <clears throat> played against him. That ended up being our last game. So I have probably my best game out there. I hit like seven threes, I think. I one of our best games. Um, COVID comes around. So we're out there, get a call from my sister. She's like, Hey, like what's going on out there? Like Canada started talking about like maybe closing the borders and like, closing the borders. I mean, things are good here. Like, what do you mean? She goes, no, like Trudeau was talking, like they might close the borders soon. I was like, damn. Then I look at my schedule. I'm like, yo, we're not making it to playoffs. Like our odds of like being in first round of the playoffs is like next to none. Like we needed like one of the best teams to lose a couple games. We had to win, like, every single game. So I was like, damn, did we go play for, like, another month just to not make playoffs and then get sent home? I'm like, and then what if the borders are actually closed and get stuck here? This is the last place I'm be stuck. Yeah. So I made a decision on my own to bounce. So I told the mommy and Mishak, I'm like, yo, I'm out of here, man. We're not playing. We had, like, two weeks off because it was, like, a national team break. <clears throat> um. So I was like, yo, just stay, like, get a couple more games. I'm like, bro, the way things are looking, like, in the U.S. and Canada and the rest of Europe, like, things are closing. I'm like, watch, you guys are going to get stuck here if you stay. So middle of the night, yo, I book a flight. I bounce. I'm out. <clears throat> Flew home. Literally a week later, Meshach and Mom, are sleeping on the floor in the Turkey airport. They're like, yo, our flight keeps getting canceled. I'm like, bro, I told you guys to get out when I got out. Like, I had no – I got home easily. Mm-hmm. These guys' flights got delayed so many times because of all the COVID rules. Like, no one knew anything at the time. Yeah. So, they got stuck there. They played, I think, one more game. So, they played the next week, and then the league got shut. And I was like, I told you guys, like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm at home. I'm comfortable now. Like, at least I'm safe. <laughs> you guys are in Turkey, like, in Istanbul, in the airport, sleeping on the floor. I'm like, yo, get home. Like, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happened out there. And then the rest is history, man. Like, COVID still hasn't gone back to normal. Um, yeah, like, I was going to go to Germany this year. No fans, no money. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Talk to us about, about just the, the different, I mean, although you were with a lot of Canadians, the atmosphere is still a little different in Croatia uh, or Romania, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
so with that being said, what were some of the, the cool foods you were able to experience? Was there some like, was there a specific dance you were, you know, like, you know, every culture has like a specific dance or something. Like, was there something that, yeah. that you learned new about or was it like, yeah, I, I already knew what the fuck I'm getting myself into. You know, it was a huge culture shock for me. So I get there, no one speaks English, nobody. Some of my teammates understood it a bit. Um, the food, terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Not even decent. Terrible? Terrible. Unless you went to the restaurant. Like, our hotel was feeding us every day, okay? Yo, I hate soup, okay? These guys eat soup breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay? Oh, no. I'm getting soup and, like, it's like potatoes in water. I'm like, yo, no seasoning, nothing. So I'm stressed. I'm like, yo, so, how, so, how gonna... uh, uh, yeah, you're really just drinking water and potatoes. Like, yo, how am I going to survive? I'm looking at Mishak, bro. Like, yo, this is going to be a rough go out here. So we were getting paid decent enough where we could go out to eat every night. So I was going out to eat every night. Honestly, like, unless the dinner, like, sometimes it'd be a good meal. But most of the time, it'd be, like, pork and potatoes. Or pork, soup, and potatoes. Like, I was not, I don't really like pork that much. And I like to try to eat healthier, to be honest with you. <laughs> but even the portion size was so small. So I was like, damn, like, I'm, I'm starving. Mm. We're eating at like six o'clock, so from six until the oh, next, hell. until the next day, I'm starving, I'm like starving, bro. And I'm a big guy, like I need to eat. Mm. So I just ended up starting to go to the restaurants out there. Um, I made friends with a lot of locals out there. So there's a weight room that was out there. Working out was optional, like he said we should go. Mm. It's really just me, me, Jack, who go to the weight room. Um, so I made some friends with some of the like guys who worked out there. Um, they ended up showing me around the town a lot, like a lot of places to eat. Uh, they took us out a couple nights. So it was cool. Like, I actually really liked the city. The city actually just went up in flames. Like, this big part of the city was on fire. I just saw it on Instagram last week. Yeah, so I sent some of my prayers out to them. I did, like, I grew to like the city. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For sure. So, yeah, it was a good experience. I love Canada. I'm so grateful to be Canadian because, like... <laughs> Once you start seeing the world in other parts, you really think your home is not. Nothing's like home, for sure, for sure. So would you would so would you recommend people to go to Croatia for a vacation or for you know just experience stuff like that? Or it's nice. No. I lived in Romania, my guy. Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying Croatia, but capital Ro Romania. Romania. The capital is amazing. Y'all want to see some models? Go to Romania. Keep that hundred. But. uh it's all right. Like, it's on the Black Sea, so it's nice. If you're in the capital, like, you're only, like, I think, like, 45 minutes from the ocean. Um, yeah, it's a cool spot. It's very different. It's very Eastern. So, like, they're almost like Russians in a way. Like, they're very strict. Mm. Um, they're very serious people. Mm -hmm. was kind of weird for me because I'm more Westernized, where everyone's <laughs> more free to do and speak as they like. Mm. Um, but, no, it's a beautiful place. So how do you adapt to the culture? How, how do you, did you learn, do you learn the language? The language is weird where I was living because it used to, the part where we lived in used to be uh, Hungary mm -hmm. and then Romania claimed it, I guess. Mm -hmm. so it's either they spoke Hungarian or Romanian. So like everyone I would speak to would be speaking a different language. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn a lot, to be honest with you. Um, our coach spoke English and the other two guys on the court who were other two main guys who had the ball. English I didn't really give a shit I was just like I'm talking English to these guys <laughs> saw somebody on the board just like I said focus and learn what he's drawing on the board and execute it you don't have to speak the same language basketball is very 
universal where you understand pick and roll, mm -hmm. uh, all those basic things, give and go, like very simple things to understand. And there's a lot of hand signals too, right? The, the only reason why I asked that, because remember in Love and Basketball, when, when, uh, when, when the girl goes to play overseas and oh, she literally, and, and, and the coach is trying to talk to him or her or whatever, and she goes, I don't know what word to say. And she asked one of the Americans afterwards, so what do you say? And she gave him the whole rundown pretty much, or gave him the whole rundown pretty much. I wanted to know if you had a similar situation to that. Shit, honestly, we didn't understand what coach was saying. Just coach, just coach. Okay. <laughs> okay. Honestly, you just take the L if you don't understand. <laughs> the time out, you say, yeah, I get it. I got, I got you. That's probably one of the guys taking the shot. Like, as an import, it's different. So when you're recruited to go out there or the team wants to offer you a contract as an import, it's different than going to university. When you're going out there, you're given the ball. They, they're paying for you to score. Yeah. I'm getting a bigger salary than everyone else who's from Europe. Yeah. They're expecting a lot of me. So in that aspect, it was nice because I went there knowing I was going to have the ball a lot. So the pro level is a little different in that aspect when they're, you're an import, you're very replaceable, so you have to perform. So I kind of knew going in, I was like, shit, I'm, I'm going to get the ball as much as I want. True. Take shots. That, that always helps, man. That always helps. The confidence is right in your hands pretty much. Yeah. Confidence right in your hands. It's easy when coach trusts you. Like when a coach trusts you, the game becomes so much easier. Most definitely, most definitely. I want to backtrack a little bit to your 905 tryout. I know you didn't mention it, but I want to backtrack a little bit to 905 tryout. Talk, yeah. to, us, talk to us about that and run us down there. And, and who the fuck would have take you on there? No, I'm joking. But, but I want to know all, everything that happened over there. It was, a, it was an interesting situation. So I was working out with a lot of the 905 guys. Um, the year the Raptors won the championship, okay? So we were going like during the summertime all the time in the ACC, like they have their practice court there. So we were Who are some of the guys you're working up with? Fred Van Vliet showed up a lot. Serge um, Ibaka was there a lot. Um, what's his name? Oh, my God. PJ. Uh, some other guy played on the Raptors. I don't remember his name. Um, he actually married to a Canadian girl now. Um, PJ Tucker? Is it PJ Tucker? I don't know. He went to Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, anyone to, to play for the Raptors? Anyways, he was there. Um, who else came through sometimes? Um, Lowry was there, but he only worked out before us. He never really stayed for the runs. Mm -hmm. Serge stayed a lot. Serge stayed a lot to play. Um, so anyway, so it started out with that, like just getting in, like we'd have workouts and then there'd be runs. So I was always there for that. Um, I wanted the coaches to see me, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I was in there for that. And then they started having privately held runs at the Hershey Center in Mississauga. Uh, I was showing up to that, just getting seen and stuff. And then they had their open tryout. It isn't really an open tryout. There's like 300 guys in the gym. 50 of us are good, okay? The other 250 suck. So the <laughs> first day is honestly right off. It's literally not basketball. They pretty much separate the 50 guys and say, yo, come back tomorrow after we cut everyone else, and then we'll start playing. Mm. So second day, 50 guys start playing. Then they, like, invite 14 guys to come to the OVO Center for the next week of practice. So there's, like, went from 50 to 15 pretty quick. I was one of the 15 guys. I was like, all right, dope. Like, OBO Center. Like, even the experience just to go there and play, it was dope. Mm -hmm. So I get there. They have us 15, and then there's, like, guys they've invited. So there's a lot of the, 
they really pre-select who they're going to take. They really know they're looking at a certain few guys. Um, so a lot of American guys are there, like guys who've already played in the G League or guys who went to like huge D1 schools who played overseas. So there's about 20 of us in the gym and there's just two courts, five on five, and you're just alternating, right? You just keep playing. Um, shit, Kissy was the assistant coach there. Oh. So I, yeah, so that's how I got my foot kind of in the door with the workouts prior to all that. Okay. So, look at I, that. It, 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 it all worked out. It came back around for you. You know what I mean? It all works out. Mm -hmm. It's um, crazy. I knew my role. After playing all these runs, I've learned the better the basketball gets, the less you need to do. The more yeah. you dribble, the more you try to be flashy, the worse it looks on your end, and the quicker you're going to get cut. Sure. My job was run corner to corner. I catch the ball and I'm open. I shoot the damn ball. Mm -hmm. okay? That's it. Drive. Three dribbles, maximum, kick it and make the right play or make and finish the ball. Literally that and then run back and play hard defense. That was all I did. I had a good point guard with me that, that weekend. He kicked the ball to me and I don't know, I, I hardly missed the whole weekend. I was shooting the ball so well. Mm -hmm. So Coach Jamba was talking to me. He's like, man, like you're doing a really good job. Like, like we really like you. Then some of the other like not assistant coaches, but like guys who worked with the team all year. Like, yo, like, you're doing, like, you're probably one of the best guys here. Like, they really like you. So I'm, like, talking to Kissy. I'm, like, yo, what are the odds I actually get to stay? He goes, like, I don't really know because, like, they do have their pre-selected guy that they're really interested in. But, like, just keep playing. And honestly, for me, there was nothing to lose. Like, I was just there. Like, I had already known I was going to go play for the edge at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, shit, I like to play in the G League. Dope. Like, I'd love to play for my home city. I live down the street. Mm -hmm. um, but if not, it's going to keep me in shape. So it just kept going, and then the cuts got more and more. And then next thing I know, I was, like, pre-training camp or at training camp. But that's when uh, I got asked to go to Romania. So I was like, damn, do I just take the Romanian deal or risk it and stay with the 905 and then I'll probably get cut? Yeah. I told Kissy, I was like, yo, I'm going to take my option here to go to Europe, get in that market. But it was a lot, man. Honestly, like, I, I don't want to doubt myself, but, like, there was a lot of good players in the gym. Mm hmm but I just stuck to what I was good at and only that. And that's how there's guys in the NBA, bro, who, who kind of suck, but they, they get really good at one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's all they need you. You need to do your job. Not, not everyone's going to be 30 points a game. James Harden, dance with the ball. There's a lot of guys on the court who they have one job and that's to catch and shoot or rebound the ball or play really good defense. And they make a niche out of that and they become wanted by coaches. Yep. And like, Danny Green. Look at Danny Green, for instance. That's it. He catches the ball and shoots the ball. He does it. 3 and D. You yeah. Find one thing that you're really good at, capitalize that, and then work on one other thing that you can also provide for the team, and you become a good asset to a lot of teams. For sure. For sure. My last question for you, and then we're going to play a little game after that. But my last question for you, 905 experience in, a, in general, what did that teach you as to, you know, to mature as a man? Um, as a man, as a no. man, and, and more and more so. Let me let me let me let me reiterate the question. You know how everybody has gets a humbling experience when it comes to playing with like Fred Van Fleet, or not playing, but like practicing with Fred Van Fleet or NBA guys in particular. Yeah. What was it? What was it like for you to be like? Like, were you humbled at the point, or was it more like you're a sponge and trying to learn from from guys like that, and you know, just take what you learn from them and bring it into the real world as well? Not just basketball, but there's a little world. bit of there's a few things I learned, honestly. First thing is I try to soak up as much as possible. They're at a position where they're better than me at 
the same sport. They're making substantially amount more money than I am. So I want to learn from them. But at the same time, I look at everyone the same. I'm like, yo, he has to put his pants on the same way I do every friggin' mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. And like, playing against them, honestly, there's guys in Europe that I know of right now that are better than guys in the league. Man, mm-hmm. I was guarding Serge Ibaka. Like, I didn't care. He was an NBA, like, champion. Mm-hmm. I was up in his shit. And honestly, he's not that great. There's guys that are overseas that are better than a lot of these NBA guys. Tell her how it is. Tell her how it is. Raw and uncut. Raw and uncut. It's a great culture. But there are a lot of pro guys who live and play in Europe, and they go through a daily grind where it's it's way harder to play over there, and they could be interchanged with guys in the NBA. I think there's 100 guys in the NBA who are the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. The 100 other guys, they could be swapped out any day for with sure. a guy in Europe who's playing at the highest level. Cassius, for example, he could take an NBA player's position – any day, I'll put my money on it that he'll play just as well. Comes down to being the right opportunity, the right place, the right time, the right coach. So, yeah, I don't know. I just look at those guys and I don't know. I'm like, you're a man. I'm a man. Like, let's go. Most definitely. You're going to beat me sometimes. I'll beat you sometimes. It's the way I look at everything. Is like no one's better than anybody. Most definitely. Most definitely. Hey, I like that lesson, to be honest with you, because I feel like, not you know, there's a lot of kids in general who are going to listen to this interview today and they're going to say, you know what, like, I can do it too. You know, and the, big, the biggest thing for this podcast in general, and this is one of the reasons why it's been started, is because a lot of kids, you know, a lot of kids are, are, are they don't really know where to go. They don't know where to look to. They, they think, oh, like, they can't make it because of X, Y, Z, right, because of the pandemic in particular. And mm-hmm. to hear you say, yo, these NBA guys, these college guys, D- Division One guys, whatever it is, are tying up my shoes the same way that I tie my shoes, bro, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's a motivation right there to be like, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do, and you don't need anybody to tell you what to do pretty much. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, I was never the guy projected, oh, he's going to play pro. Like, I have seen pictures that I look at, and I'm like, there were all these guys ranked way ahead of me, but I'm just that guy that says, fuck that, I'm going to work. I'm not the most naturally gifted player. I just mm. work my ass off and try to be good at something, and that's it. I just keep working. Like, there's sure. a lot of guys who are talented or they're guaranteed something because of their natural abilities. But most players aren't like that way, so you got to grind and put in more hours, which sucks, but it is what it is. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, we're, 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 about, we're about to get going with a game courtesy of Devontae Campbell. Xbox. Yeah, and uh, just one more thing, you know, I can only imagine – how last year around that time in August where you essentially have three options. You yeah. 905, Romania, the edge up there in the East. And uh, just to all the kids that are watching this, that there comes a point in life. It could be for Cassidy, it was basketball and where he wanted to take his pro, pro talents to. There comes a point in life where you have to make a decision yeah. and you have to make a decision what's best for you. You're going to have to weigh out every option and you're going to take the one that um, – the one that basically your gut feeling and you know that you have some type of backbone on. Yeah, you know, man. I think Cassidy did a good job of breaking down what each alternative will have for him and if there's some and how projecting his future. Now we run into a problem with COVID. So it's it's a little different. It's a little different. But I can only imagine for where Cassidy would be right now if something like that didn't happen. So I hope when kids hear that particular part. That they they really understand like you, you have to make the decision that 
you think is going to benefit you, not somebody else. Because the further you go in basketball, the more you realize it's a business, man. Mm-hmm. It is a business, and some people get the the short end of the stick. Some people get the great end of the stick. Mm-hmm. But no, I thought um, that's something I point out. But at the end, we always like to play. I always like to play a game called "In a Perfect World," okay. right? So I'm going to give you a scenario, and you're going to finish it for me. Okay. So we'll start off with this. You know, you're 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 in grade twelve. You're finishing your senior year. You have every scholarship in the nation to go to. You did what you had to do in high school. You can't pick Canisius, obviously. Yeah. What is that school you're going to and or, why? Or Vanderbilt, because you mentioned Vanderbilt earlier. You can't or, pick Vanderbilt. It won't be either two, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I'm torn between UCLA, just because their basketball legacy. You're living in California. You get all the good stuff with that. Or do play for Coach K, arguably one of the best coaches of all time, a legendary basketball school. It's probably one of those two, to be honest with you. Okay, and that's uh, that's our first Bruins. That's our first UC UCLA. Um, I like mm-hmm. that school too. Now to finish it off, I'm going to give you some major conferences, and you're going to pick the school you would go to in these conferences. Okay. All right. I know you're a little bit more knowledgeable. You did go D1, so you know some. You know most of the schools in the NCAA. So we'll start off with the Big Ten. Michigan. Michigan. Like, not Michigan State, Michigan. Wolverines. Yeah, yeah, Wolverines. Got you. Okay. Okay, um, A-10. Ooh. Oh, God, that's tough. I like Dayton. You like Dayton? Ooh. I like Dayton. I like okay. Dayton. You know, Deshaun like Pierre Dayton. went there. I like Dayton, man. They're a good team. There's a year where they went to the NCAA tournament and did really well as well. Yeah, they've been playing really well. And I always <laughs> like their program every year and what they do for guys. SEC. SEC? Yeah. Kentucky, man. Come on. Kentucky? <laughs> what? You go to Kentucky, you're almost guaranteed you're going to the league, bro. That is true. That is true. Um, ACC. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'm going to take it back, though. I also like the Gators. Florida's nice. But, that's that's hey. what I'd pick. That's what I'd pick. Is that ACC? Uh, yeah. No, you know what? I'll pick Florida State, but they're in the ACC. So you go ahead. Duke. Duke? Okay. If it wasn't Duke, you have another school? Florida State. Florida State, okay. Uh, Pac-12, UCLA. So if yeah, it wasn't another school, if it wasn't UCLA, who would it be? Oregon, to be honest with you. Okay. I yeah. love Oregon. Like, the city's dope. They're the Nike of all Nike schools. Mm-hmm. How far is that from Portland? Do you know? Like, not too far, I don't think. Okay, it's not too far. Okay, and uh, interesting one here, the MAC. A lot of people don't know about this conference they a lot of people get I'm Mac or you're a mac i'm not we weren't in the mac oh you weren't in the MAC? no we were in the america east oh okay but um a lot of people don't know there is the mac right correct me if i'm wrong there's yeah, mac right so if you had to pick the one in you, your mac who would you pick if it wasn't canisius obviously you faced all of them it wasn't canisius hmm honestly i probably would have went to like Iona or Manhattan, just because they're downtown New York City. Yeah, I probably would have picked Iona. Yeah, I like Iona. They had a good program. They had some good players come out of there, some serious good players. Those guys could push the ball. Their guard play was always good. And like you said, it's not too far from the city. One train ride, you're there. Yeah, you're down so, city. Okay, that's all I got, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hey, so so final question for you. We always ask this to all of our guests to finish off. Well, 
we like to we like to always ask our guests who who to get on the show, who we should have on the show. But there's one there's one thing to it, there's one twist to it. You got to help us get him. Ooh, okay. Um, we want a basketball player, obviously. Yes, sir. Unless you have some type of like you know like like professional runner, like football player, or something along that, then shit, why not? But preferably basketball. Okay. Um. And no, they don't have to be Canadian or American. They, oh, sorry, they, don't to, they don't have to be Canadian. They can be American, European, vodka, vodka, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, you know who's good? Have you heard of Jake Babbitt? Jake Babbitt? Of course. I know him. I, I haven't. Yeah, I know him. He's, but... he's in Spain right now. Um, he'd be a good guy to talk to. You know, he's a very down-to-earth guy. I worked out with him a lot in the summertime. Um, or Cassius Robertson, if you can get him on here, if he has some free time. Well, well, like, like, like I said, you're going to be the one helping us get him, get them. Yeah. So I could, I could definitely get in touch with both of them. So maybe we'll get both. Say no more. Say no more. Hey, Cassidy, man. Uh, consulting fee, though. Just say, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need a consulting fee. <laughs> get the bread how you have to get the bread. Now. Come on. <laughs> Listen, it's COVID. It's, it's it's COVID. It's COVID. You know, honestly, if it wasn't COVID, maybe we would talk. But it's COVID. <laughs> quarantine, 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 quarantine. But Cassie, honestly, man, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Um, let let our our fans know and the people watching or listening where they can find you on social media. Uh, so my Instagrams just my name Cassidy Ryan Ten. Um, I don't really use anything else. That's the best way you could find me. And yeah, keep a look up. All the basketball players coming up in Canada. Still a massive basketball fan. A little sad about how I had to go out. But, yeah, I'm still always going to be a fan till the day I die. That's what's up. That's what's up. Like I said, you know, we really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, nothing but love on, on, on our end for you, and especially, you know, knowing, knowing everything you've been through and knowing you from where you've been when – you know, when I met you to now, man, it's been a pleasure to watch your journey and your basketball career and stuff along that nature. So thank you for, for, for blessing us with your presence today and, and for being a great guest on the show. Great, guys. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you.